Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Once again, this is episode number 257, entitled WordPress Business Bootcamp, Series 1, Episode 1. It was published on Thursday, the 2nd of December, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and just one simple bit of housekeeping before we begin. Hopefully you managed to snag some Black Friday deals. We have our Black Friday page, and as you might expect, all of the deals have not yet expired. In fact, I think it's fair to say that most of them are still active. So you've got the page at wpbuilds.com forward slash black wpbuilds.com forward slash black. It's a searchable, filterable list. We had over 250 WordPress-specific deals on that page. There's probably a few that have been removed because the date of expiry has gone past. But as I said, most of them are there. So if you are still of a mind to snag a Black Friday deal, go to our page. You can search and filter to your heart's content. Click the yellow search filter button. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash black. Okay, so this is something brand new. For the first time ever, David and I are going to embark on a multi-series set of podcast episodes. We're calling it the WordPress Business Bootcamp. And today, being the very first one, we are on episode one from series one. We've actually got about five or six series planned out, each with multiple episodes, possibly five to eight episodes, something like that. So you can imagine this is going to go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the simple idea is we're going to try and remove all of our knowledge, not that there is a lot to remove, but we're going to go right back to the beginning, to the day when we first decided, do you know what? I quite fancy building websites for a living. I quite fancy earning some money for this. And that's what this is all about. We're going to go right back and unpick everything and try to figure out how we might run a web design business from the very beginning to the very end. And so we've got to make a starting point. And that's what today's show is all about. Today's show is all about realistically defining our business model. How would we even get into deciding what processes we need in place. How do we do things like charging? How do we communicate with clients? How do we find new clients? We try to tackle some of those bits and pieces today. It's really all about things like agile versus waterfall and how we might skill ourselves in the things that it is that we need to learn. Hopefully this series is going to be enjoyable. Hopefully you're going to be able to communicate with us about it in our Facebook group because we would like your input as we go on. It's a big project and let us know what you think. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of WP Business Bootcamp. This is a new series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress websites and running a web design business from start to finish. So the premise to this series is that we have our first potential website client who we're calling Miss A. And all we know about her is that she is the lawyer in a large city. We've been asked by a mutual friend who thought of us and we have a, a few skills we've made a few websites, we have no business of our own and process in place, but we want to start our business. She has no previous website, no branding or no copying. And really through a kind of cast of our WP Builds group and Google and things that we've read, it's up to Nathan and I to kind of individually decide what kind of, how we're going to take this person through a website from the beginning to the end, establishing our own business as well. So we are starting with the first series, which is season one before the build. And this is our first episode, which we're calling realistically defining our business model. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting series. You've put a lot of work into this and a lot of thought has gone into the the sort of structure of this. And I do love the idea of rewinding the clock. Now, in, in our case, you know, we've yeah. both been through it. Anybody listening to this podcast has either been through it or is thinking about going through this. And so this will be a lot of introspection, a lot of rewinding the clock for us, but also probably just reimagining how it might be these days. I imagine we'll yeah. fall into some traps and make some errors along the way as well but it's just so interesting the conversation that we had before this we hit record mm. 
just rewinding and telling each other what we did and the things that we made successful and the things which were absolute tragedies and and all of that. So I, I'm really looking forward to this series. It's, it is probably going to consume weeks and weeks and weeks. So uh, yes. let's let's hope there's some value here because that is the point, right? We are with this one. Mm. We are trying to come out with something at the end of each episode where you've got something to take away or, or at least something to think about it may not be an actionable step or anything but it might be okay that was a an interesting thought experiment yes exactly and i i think you we've been talking for five years now and really we've been just pulling in on our own experiences but it is time things have changed since we started and if we were starting again we just might do things differently i know i would and that's really where I'm at. And I'm sure a lot of people are the same as us. We were talking about how we kind of really just wandered in. We didn't really set up a business. It it wasn't a plan. In fact, I wanted to know, because I didn't ask you, because I wanted to hear this for the first time. How did it happen for you? How did you end up? When did you know you had a business? I This is such an interesting thing, because honestly, the mists of time have kind of clouded this now, and I don't really know. I had all sorts of jobs that I really wasn't that interested in. And I, a friend of mine who I still speak to quite regularly, mm. in fact, I'm talking to him tonight, um, We he was into technology and into computers. And he, I believe, probably my initial catalyst was, I think he created a basic website for his, his wedding or something like that. And I remember catching mm. sight of that and thinking, what, you did that? That thing that's on the internet, you did that. And I I'd, I think in my mind up until that point, I'd associated the internet because we, this is going right back to the beginning of the internet where it was basically images and text, mostly text with images. That The most creative thing you could do would be to have like a, a tiled background image. That was as good as it got. And I remember seeing his wedding website and thinking, wow, you, so you put that together in your spare time and then he explained to me how he did it. And, and I actually sat in his, well, he worked from home at the time. He's working for BT and he actually had a setup all at home. And he showed me the process of opening up files. And he, ha- mm. he, he made himself like a, what he called an assets folder. And he dropped mm. the images that he was going to use into this assets folder. And then he was typing out the markup HTML. And I remember nodding and going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And actually thinking to myself, I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> like, and he would say things like, okay, so I've just put the image in the assets folder. So now if I do dot, dot, forward slash assets, forward slash, and what did we call that image? And then he would type it all out and, and, and then it would magically appear on the screen. And I thought, I, I honestly don't know what he's doing. But it spurred yes. me to go away. And I think I probably just sat in the in my bedroom or, you know, some part of the house and got the computer out over various evenings and thought, I'm going to crack this and build myself something. And I do not even know what the what the, the first thing that I did was, but it was probably just experimenting with just basic HTML, like I'm sure you, yeah. you did as well. And then getting to the point where I did two or three of those and thought, this is interesting, showed some people. And then another different friend of mine who wasn't even working with computers at the time so I don't even I can't even remember what the connection was he hooked me up with somebody that needed a website building and I just made it up from there (laughs) what about you Uh, yeah do you remember the year that you did that when you first started um Good grief. Let me think. I'm trying to piece together when I did things like Finnish Universe. I'm going to say it was about 2004. Okay. So a couple of years on, I would have started 2006. And really, I mean, I had a, I was working for the government and there were times when we were frustrated with our jobs and my boss was very kind of keen on building a new business and the internet seemed the place to go. So often conversations with him kind of spurred me on and and I ended up building my first website for him because he was doing another job and it didn't last very long. It did well. I mean, it's what hooked me in. It was a HTML site. Um, Mostly I was doing it with Dreamweaver and then I was reading some books and then I kind of did a lot of it manually and picked up HTML and it went live and surprisingly it brought in some customers to him straight away and I just, that was it. I was hooked because it's like, wow, I put something out here and it makes business happen. You know, it was amazing. So 
there was that, but WordPress came a little bit later. And, and really when it came to the first job, it wasn't, I'd already decided that this wasn't a job for me. I got quite interested in the idea of doing web design and I listened to people like Boag World and stuff like yeah, that. I and that. I thought, oh, what they do is similar to what I do. I don't know if I want to do that because they, they work for big government companies and stuff like that. I thought, this doesn't sound like much fun. And I ruled it out and it was just by accident, a friend of mine uh, asked some questions about WordPress, which I got into for my own personal reasons, um, building something for my staff team and building an e-commerce site in the early days. She asked me a question. Then that led to what I would class as my first business job. Suddenly there was this, she was working for this Chinese company. They had a big site that needed doing. I had the skills to be able to kind of rebuild their site, which was falling apart. And it was a big job for me. And then from that point, I guess I was in business. I was a freelancer because that's what I've been doing since. Yeah, I had absolutely no expectation that this is what I would be doing. I, I wasn't <laughs> doing those first few websites thinking this will be what I want to spend my life doing. I literally was, this is a bit of fun in an evening. I'm quite enjoying this. And then it became something later when I actually realized that people would pay me for it. But in, very important to stress, certainly from my point of view, maybe you've got more of a an angle on this, but I had absolutely no process. I had absolutely no <laughs> thought into how I would communicate with clients, what, how long it would take to complete things, what would an, an expectation from the client point of view, what would that look like? I just started talking to people as they came my way and just made up pricing. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was literally all invented by me. And some of it was just dire and some of it I've probably stuck with. But there was no process whatsoever. Do you know, that's the really weird thing, because I almost the reverse of that, because I started listening to the first, it was the first podcast on um, building websites, I think, which was Boag World, and yeah. it started in 2006, about the same time I started. So I was listening to this, and I was hearing about the processes that they had to deliver these sites. So I thought that was the way. And it was all lots of clever stuff, you know, with your kind of planning, where you know you had all this architecture, all of this mood boarding that you would do to get the feel of things. Uh, they had an absolute process that they went through, which would, they would need because you know they couldn't do jobs that were less than 25 grand you know because they were a proper agency so i listened to this and <laughs> when i tried to do a site for my brother I, I kind of sat him down at some kind of meeting and went through some of the things that we're going to do there and he just looked completely <laughs> baffled yeah. Yeah. so i went away so let's just forget this ever happened and i'll just go make your site yeah yeah i remember i did listen to that podcast my my the way that I got into things was, I was saying to you earlier, I've still got quite a lot of the books. I learned the, I learned the, the skills of the trade, you know, HTML and all of that kind mm. of stuff and, and later CSS because I started building things in tables um, and I, I read books. So I would buy those quick start guides and I would buy, I remember reading a few, yeah, probably HTML yeah. for dummies and bought a few of the Wiley Bible books. And so my my way of doing it was definitely through literature. I would read it all. Yeah. I actually remember being, remember trying to learn PHP by when I wasn't even near a computer. I remember trying to memorize how things would be done when I was on holiday. So I was literally sitting yeah. by a swimming pool reading a PHP book. And then it only occurred to me when I got home, actually, there was, there was I've, I've remembered almost nothing of this. So that mm. kind of taught me, no, you need to be next to a computer when you're doing this. You're not going to remember it in the same way that you did remember stuff for your degree, where you could just read it and read it again, and it would stick, making the leap that, okay, I have to actually practice this um, in order to remember it. And then, then I moved on to, I guess at some point, YouTube videos started to come in and Facebook groups started to come in. Yeah. And I started to learn the technique in those ways. But, but it's really interesting that both you and I arrived quite near the beginning of the web as a business. And I mean, obviously, there were people that came before us. But the whole freelancer thing, I think by mm. pure coincidence, you and I were were right at the beginning of freelancing as as a web designer that just sort of happened and most people i think fell into it without process and now there seems to be much more process which we'll get into yeah and i did, did you do it kind of part-time did you have some other source of income yeah i had i had a variety of other little jobs which i didn't really enjoy and that was another reason 
for um, for wanting to do this because it, it felt like something I enjoyed much more than anything that I was doing. Again, you you were employed full time and you were just doing it in your spare time, same sort of thing. Yeah, and that you know, in some ways, I mean, I brought my learning into work by building a WordPress site that I used at work. So I, I, I learned some of the skills and I guess was paid by my employer for some of the learning that I was doing with that. Yeah. So there was that, but really when it came, it wouldn't have been possible for me to have even, it was an accident that I ended up with the business because I decided it wasn't and my friend, and then I did this big job and it took up half the year really. So yeah, I guess I started from that point, but without the circumstances changing my traveling and not having to earn so much, it would have been very difficult. I wouldn't, I think it would be very difficult for anybody now to start up saying that they're going to go straight in full time with this still. Yeah, it's interesting as well, because there was no, there was no sort of academic route to learning yeah. this. You basically had to do it off your own bat and you would learn whatever it was that you were interested in. At least I, I didn't feel that there was an academic route. I didn't know of anybody who was going on to courses learning about um, you know, building yeah. for the web. I'm sure that that kind of stuff is all in place now. You know, an 18 year old university applicant, I'm sure could now apply to a multitude of uh, courses where the outcome of that is a uh, some kind of qualification which you can take to an employer saying look I am a certified this or a certified that um, yeah. and that just didn't exist and so in a way I feel that we sort of cheated the system a bit with the timing yeah indeed we did so I mean talking about our business models I mean I also when we start I mean lots has changed we've got page builders now so we're going to have a lot of people who perhaps don't feel in order to deliver a site to a client needs to have any coding skills at all. That's that's a possibility for people. It wasn't for us. But in terms of business models, I think things have changed because I would say um, that there are kind of effectively two basic design approaches out of there. And the one you pick is going to dictate probably how your business model will form to some extent. So the first one is the traditional kind of agency model where it's called the waterfall process where you will have a start and an end and various steps to get to that end product, which is the site that you deliver to the client. So you scope the projects, you put forward propositions, you maybe sign a contract and go through these stages. And at the end, you're finished, job done. And then we've got contrary to that, but it goes actually goes back to 2001 Agile, which is saying the old way doesn't work because it's based in print. And what we have on the web now is really web applications, which are in constant change all of the time. So the only way to deal with the process is iteratively, you'll start perhaps with a minimal viable product and you'll keep working with the client to keep iteratively improving the performance of that. So we've seen that now with the gov.uk site, which is the only one to win the prestigious design of the year award, the only website that's managed to do that. We see people like Google getting into it. They talk about their design sprints and stuff. So we've got these two opposite models at the moment. Um, and I think actually it does influence how it, it's influenced me on how I've changed my business model because I didn't know about agile. Yeah, I I would just like to add in a third option here, which is the I have no idea about anything and I'm just going to wing it, <laughs> which which is totally what I did at the beginning. Yeah. I really I mean I think those days are gone. I think if, you know, absolutely that door is shot, but there was a period at the beginning where literally I was making it up. There was no process and I would just say, "Oh yeah, I can build you a site. It'll be 800 quid." And then we would just enter into some random discussion on a telephone. And, and I would just deliver it to them. There was no contracts. There was no scoping. There was just, I want something to do this. Can you build it? Yes. Here's some ideas. Off we go. But I don't believe that's the case anymore. Please don't follow that model. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that effectively is the traditional model. It's just without, you know, any organized steps in between. It's still the idea that you say, okay, I know what I'm going to deliver. There's yeah. a cost to what you... In a way, you had an agreement with the person that they could imagine what you were going to deliver at the end, and you set a price on that. So effectively, it still falls into the traditional agency. There, there are lots of different business models, I think, out there which could fall into either of these. And I don't think you they're not mutually exclusive as well, because it may depend on the project. So I say having a view 
on it might help with your business model, but it, it you might not be locked into it. So something like one day webs. So if we were going to our lawyer in the city who we haven't met yet, and we're still working out a model, we could still decide that we want to do one day webs. We're going to build it in a day with a page builder and the client has to be available. Now you could argue that something like that model would be traditional agency in the sense that you know what you're going to deliver at the end. You are kind of um, putting forward a proposition about what it's going to look like before you start it and as an end, but it could also be included as agile. You could see that as it's a short sprint that you're doing together to deliver a minimal viable product. Yeah. Okay. So just to, just to reiterate that, just because this is kind of the bedrock of everything that we're going to be talking about, the, we're, we're splitting our discussions, if you like, with, so we've got this client, Mrs. A, mm-hmm. we, we don't know virtually anything about her except that she needs a website and she is a lawyer. We're taking everything from that basis and we're going to take it from the point of view of, I'm going to be the protagonist for the kind of traditional agency model where you scope things out, you offer a proposal, you get a contract, mm. all, all of those kind of things. The things that, for want of a better word, are, are easier to understand. And you are going to be the proponent for doing this in an agile way. And maybe sometimes we'll overlap and agree and disagree. But that, that's kind of where this whole series of many, many, many shows is going, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's going to influence our decision on things, Um when we talk later about contracts, I mean, there's a, if you've already signed up to the agile approach, there are no contracts, but of course there needs to be contracts if you go with the traditional model yeah. because there's a different method. And I think sometimes it might be worth for anybody. Who's, I wish I had understood that there were these two basic ideas about how you might go about the web so I could frame what I was offering because What's happened is I've picked up my advice from the kind of known advisors out there, which we'll talk about now, shall we? Um, yeah. People like there's agency mavericks out there, formerly used to be WP Elevation, there's you gurus, there's people like Chris Doe. Um, these have become, you know, well-known kind of internet celebrities who run courses and events, and they teach people like us who probably, but this is an argument, get into the web because we're kind of creative or we're just interested in the work and the money comes secondary, how to sell their services. But those people I've mentioned, they all have one thing in common is that they um, they assume the traditional model. They assume that you're putting forward a proposition because usually they're the way they sell their courses to us is to say, we're going to show you how you can bid for a 20 or 30 K project. Yeah. It has a, it has an easy sort of ring to it from a sales point of view, doesn't it? You know, if you yeah. think about it, the, the, those courses, and you mentioned agency mavericks, you gurus and Chris Doe, who I don't actually know what he does, but, um, it, it's an easy commodity to package up, isn't it? We're gonna we're gonna get you to the point yeah. where you're earning five hundred pounds per website. Now we're gonna get you to ten thousand or twenty five thousand or whatever, and that's a really easy thing to do. And in order to do that, they need to bundle up what the, their idea of how to achieve that into small manageable steps. And it ter- yeah. turns out that the traditional model, where you scope things, offer proposals, contracts, etc., that is easy to bundle up into small manageable steps. You can okay, uh, in week one you're going to do these set of things, and then in week two you're going to do these set of things, and so on, right up until week twenty-five, whatever it may be, where you'll finally hand it over. And at that point, we're going to get into the whole discussion of um, you know care plans yeah. and all of these kind of things. So it's it's easy to see why that has become the the mantra in our industry because it's it's easy to understand and you can make tick lists from it your your approach is much more wide open and and everything's up for grabs and so it's harder to harder to commoditize that into a course but i'm curious to see how this goes yeah I mean, you know, Agile, I mean, I say it dates back to 2001, but what it was is I think a bunch of 17 um, developers, people who created apps mostly, who put forward a manifesto. It's still on there. So if you typed into Google Agile manifesto, you'll see it. And it's really a proposition. It doesn't give you a method at all. It just gives you four values and 12 principles to work through. And that's basically, but it's quite a useful thing for anyone, I think, who's thinking about starting up a 
business to look at that and see whether they resonate with you because it probably it, it has as I've learned to influence how I go about things and it's helped me be a little bit more consistent I'm still not there but it's helping me to be more consistent with what I'm putting forward to clients and what I'm talking to so that's why I'm taking that point of view I think also just on the those advisors who we've mentioned in a way they're solving a problem that comes out of the traditional model itself because what often happens is that you start, you don't get paid a lot, you charge low because you don't think you can charge much. And then you end up doing much more work through the process than you expected to do, or don't even get paid. And I think what these people do is learn, they teach you to have the skills to be able to propose future for higher amounts. So you, you, you've, you've got much more padding, and they're generally focusing on value selling, you know, not trading your time for dollars, but actually, you know, showing the value you get with all these courses. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting. I think it comes, uh, those courses really come out of the fact that people have gone down the traditional route in the first place, I think, and, and they've hit some problems. I think one of the, one of the first things that we're going to be dealing with. So again, we're, we're right back at the start. We've got Miss A. We've been tinkering with websites for a little period of time is that you probably just want some sort of certainty. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a go of this. I want this to be a job. I want to get paid for this. And this, this structure gives you gives you something to aim at it's less ephemeral you know you, you've got jobs and tasks that you need to do on deadlines and you've got documents that you need to send out and deliverables that you need to get back and it just makes it easier to understand now I'm curious if, if we are entering the room and we've got our our lawyer miss a and she's sitting there and this is literally our first interaction with her yeah. what what do you think about c- c- do you go in thinking, well, this I can offer agile, or I can offer the 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 traditional approach? Are we? Are you? Would anybody even offer both things? Um, I guess you could do. Um, you would argue. I mean, uh, the, the the waterfall method. You could say this works best when the when it's very because the problem with the waterfall is when you sign a contract for something to build something. It, you've all got to agree before you start what this thing is going to look like and it goes wrong when it doesn't. And and the agile thing says, well, actually that's problematic as itself because you actually learn from doing, you actually learn from putting things out and getting feedback on how it's working. That's how it really works in the real world. So I think still the waterfall still is good because if you've got a very simple static site, which our lawyer may want, they may want a very basic site it still could be fine to say, okay, well, I can value price this. I can say the value we're going to bring from this site is this, and you're going to sign a contract and we do this. That's the route you're going to take with it. But equally, I could go in as I do now with my variation of the agile approach, because there isn't a, you know, it's only a philosophy Mm. is I would go in and I'm still going to do that with the, I'm, you know, I take this approach that you, you won't know what you need because this person hasn't had a website, you won't know what a website can do for your business. You might know what one looks like. This is what we find. I'm going to save you the, the most money. So we'll start with something simple and it will cost you this small amount. We'll get this site going and then we'll keep adding to it as you need it, as it seems there's more value. And as the project goes on, how's that sound? You know, and that's how I would go at it. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I can well imagine that some people will go for that. It's I think it's more about what the client expects as well. So if you know, it may very well be that Miss A wants total clarity. She wants she wants to know exactly what it'll look like on the day it's handed over and on what date it'll be finished and how much it's going to cost her. It may be that that's that that's the mechanism that she can cope with, and actually, do you know what? Being a lawyer, I expect she's probably going to want a contract where everything is stipulated, and she can come and get you if you haven't fulfilled everything. But the the agile approach, it, the, the, just, even the way you describe that, sounds really sounds really great to me. I would like that approach because I would like to think that you know. I can I can change as as it's as it's moving forwards. If I don't like something, I can swap and say, actually, do you know what? This is not what I was expecting. Um, and so I think there's definitely merits on both sides. But the client ultimately will probably you know quickly tell you I I don't want to 
sign a contract or uh, no, I'm not happy with this 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 approach of yours with, without contracts. You know, the non-waterfall, the agile method, yeah, doesn't feel right to me because I want clarity and I want to know that you're going to deliver things and I, I want to be certain of when those things are all going to happen and what it will look like and so on. So I think probably have to be led um, by what the client <laughs> says. But then again, I'm not really going to be walking into a room thinking okay i've got two options i've got the agile approach and i've got the waterfall approach which one shall i try and explain both of those because i don't think you can build a business solidly around one or the other i think you have to become a bit of a specialist in one or the other i think you're right you have to pick i think philosophically you will pick one approach and that will define your business even though you might not do that so effectively as i'm going to see Mrs. A, I'm not fully going agile. It's too much for someone to say, this is all vague and you work with sprints with me to get to where you want. That's difficult. What I would probably do was would be something that sounds a little bit like the traditional model where I'd be saying, okay, I tell you that I can build a site like this and I'll show them some, this will take me 16 hours. It will cost this amount of money. That's what I can do. But what we know is that it's only when you start doing that, you'll realize what you really want. And so you can, my guess is that you might need to buy a second or a third sprint of work. So that's how I would go. I'd go with effectively something that sounds exactly the same as your traditional model in the sense that I'll give a, a very low uh, figure for a basic site. Yeah. Do, do you think that the, do you think that this, this, these two different models, waterfall, agile, do you think we're, we're at the point where clients even know that these are separate models? Is, is there any, no, have you ever no. approached a client who says, yes, yes, the agile approach, fantastic, let's go with that? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I think they just want to be led by you. And so wh- whichever way you open up the discussion is going to be the way it goes. You know, they might just like the it's, fact that it's more iterative and you could just call it that, couldn't you? We're going to, going to iterate your website as we go. And they don't need to know the language and the, the you know, the, the acronyms and all of that. No, they don't. And I, and I think also, but why it might be a business model thing. For me, I, I would go the agile way because it's been an easier way to get the thing that keeps me going, which is my hosting and care money. It's easier to introduce that with this. So the clients I'm likely to get on the whole won't be having big budgets. So if I try and charge, if I try and value price, I may lose them. For many people, that's not a problem. They're going to mix in different circles and be able to get the clients who will pay what they need to do. For me, I found that I kind of need to take the work as it comes. So I'm going for the agile model because it allows me to introduce the idea that we've got a long-term relationship here. This is something where I just take on a few clients and I want to look after them as they need it. I want to save you money from the beginning, so we'll do very little. If you need more, you'll do it. But you'll need to come on my host and this is something where I'll look after your site in the long term. I start with that sort of thing. Where I think where often when you're trying to do the traditional model, the focus is on the deliverable, the website, and then at some point through that process, you have to introduce later the idea that it might need your maintenance and your hosting. It feels like you're getting yourself into a longer term relationship as well. Exactly. Um, in the sense that, you know, you may take less money up front because you're only doing a couple of sprints, the value of which exactly. might not be the figure that you'd ultimately hope for. But you're hoping that a year down the road, the third sprint comes in and then another year of the fourth sprint. And so you've just spread the, the website over time. So I've been used to the, the whole process of building something, handing it over, you know, sometimes yeah. getting a care plan, sometimes not, and then waiting. And then a period of time goes by, some moment in time where they just think, actually, usually it's design related. That no longer looks like the websites that I'm seeing. You know, the client comes back and says that my website no longer looks modern. It doesn't look yeah. suitable. It's it's not fit for purpose. All the fonts look janky and old and the colors are wrong and it just doesn't look like all the other good websites. And I think we've had a few of those moments in the past 20 years where the clients have been more or less forced to do that. I'm thinking of things like when CSS came along or when yeah. CMSs came along like WordPress, you know, so that they could actually manage their own content without having to communicate with you. And then other things like more recently, um, things like like core web vitals or the you know worrying mm. about performance and of course responsive designs that's been the model build yeah. it hand it over wait a bit 
wait till the technology means that it's out of date, then build it again right from scratch. Whereas yours is more, let's just look at it every year and just fiddle with it a bit and make it different each time. Less of the rebuild, more of the tweaking. Yeah, you're completely right about the long-term thing. And that's why uh, in this case, I'm going to be picking Agile as my model, which is what I've moved towards. Because one of the things there is that it allows you to not have to so awkwardly edge in the idea of the hosting and care. And for a business where I'm going to get more budget clients, that's the thing that's going to keep me in business because really the the web designs themselves, because I can't value price them um, because they don't have the budget I can earn over the long term. One of the things, though, I think, you know, it sounds like I'm just making an argument. It's like our versus episode um, <laughs> where I make an argument for uh, Agile. But, you know, there are pros and cons. It's not as well-known and not as organized. You have to find your own route. But one of the kind of nice things is that you might be in line for all their, once you've established that idea that you're working with them, presumably saying you're trying to save them money and you're going to be responsive to their business needs in the long term, you set up this established relationship where you're likely to get all the work that comes your way. Whereas when you're selling a end deliverable, on a contract, you're contracted for that deliverable. And the next time they want to change, they might pick someone else. Yeah, like we said a minute or two ago, I do think you've just got to pick one, haven't you? And feel feel what's right yeah. for you. Maybe if you are trying your hand at building websites for the first time, you you could try one and try the other, but it, that feels like a that might take years to resolve. I guess in my case, yeah. I just settled on it because I didn't know any better the waterfall approach, but it, it may be that you want to try agile, try waterfall and see which works best. But like I say, it's quite a lot of, it's quite a lot of time that you'd need to, you know, you'd have to go through multiple cycles with multiple clients to make that work. And we're not there yet in this series. Yeah. I guess that's why I'm so excited about the agile because I didn't know it existed and you don't hear it in the circles that we run in. Most of the assumption, most of the advice is that you're using the standard traditional model. So this is an alternative and it doesn't, it does nothing more than make you think about what we are delivering to a client with this service and this business that we're going to set up. Is it really something like print where you say that we know what the final product looks like and it can go out and that's our job done? Or is it really actually always a long-term commitment? And, and in effect, we know it really is. It's just whether we want our business to be long-term with one client or whether we just want to get those individual jobs. And I think you kind of know in yourself which feels right to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so. no longer kind of in need of either of these, as it turns out. So I probably <laughs> won't be experiment, experimenting with the Agile approach, but I will be really curious as, as this goes on, this series goes on, because it series probably will stretch over many months. It'd be interesting to see how how you actually deploy this and if it if, if it is actually something that you're happy with in a, you know in a, in a month two months a year yeah and we'll see you know i mean all of this is kind of i guess i mean we're relearning so in effect i'm doing a lot of learning on the stuff because i am reshaping the business that i'm actually running um it is interesting though because of we were just talking a little bit about known advisors out there and courses that are out there. Boag World, who I mentioned before, he's one of the person who has switched from the waterfall method to embracing this agile as best as he can. So he talks about that. So there's still some good stuff there to kind of find. But there are some other people out there as well who are practical freelancers, um, people like Erin Flynn. Um, you've interviewed her, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, she does some stuff. Anyway, so we're getting to the end of this because this has been quite a, a long one. So we need to just go over maybe some of the questions, some of the things that we need to consider when picking our business model. And probably the first one of that is, um, are we ultimately building this business as one that can grow and run without us and can potentially be sold? Are we running a business or are we effectively being a freelancer? My, um, I, I honestly, when I was beginning, that wasn't even a question. There was just no hint that I was <laughs> building this to, to become anything other than just some extra pocket money. So at this point, yeah. I probably wouldn't be worrying about those things, but you're right. I, I have, I have some colleagues, wouldn't really 
describe them as friends because I don't know them all that well, but I know people in my local area who very much took the approach that this this is a business. It's mm. it's something that I need to grow. I need to employ extra people over time. I need to expand it. I need to get bigger clients. And and in one case that comes to mind, I won't mention any names, they've been incredibly successful at that. They've got multiple, multiple employees over some great office space in a big city now, whereas they started mm. out locally. And the, the intention there was to always do that. And I don't know if the person who runs it is going to sell it or if they're in it for the long run. But boy, if that their intention was to sell it, I would imagine that now it's worth a great deal of money. So yeah, what is the point? Are you just doing this for personal satisfaction, just to meet with new clients, to put some food on the table? Or is there a, an intention to grow it? It would be really important at the very beginning to set those out because you would need to document things and have the mm. business in a sellable format so that whoever comes looking and wants to take it over knows exactly how everything works. Exactly. And I mean, again, back to the traditional model, it might help you. you that's one that's very easy to document because it's not it, it really the agile is customer centric. So you go where they go, basically. It's not one that you can easily document. And in fact, you know, it's one of their principles that you don't. But if you're setting up a business model to grow, then you need processes and you would document them in a way that someone else could do the job without you. And that might be the way that you would set up your business. And I think it's easier for people these days to be able to do that. I mean, it, for us, we had to start with code. So we already had to love the work to. Do you know what I mean? It's so much yep. easier now to build a website yep. and say, I can build a website. And effectively, you could go to Theme Forest and buy one of these multi-purpose sites and do in one day a great build for somebody and run it as a business like that without having any love for the code or that much knowledge on it. And in fact, it probably could be a good business because the people who you're likely to attract, as long as you can market well to them, they also, most of our clients don't know exactly what they want anyway. They just know they want a website. Yeah, I feel like the documentation side of the waterfall thing is just simply easier because there's yeah. a there's a thing to do at every turn, or at least there could be. Maybe some of it you, you wouldn't have figured out, but um, every process has a tick box next to it and is followed by something else. I mean, there may be things running concurrently, but you know, often it's finish this, move on to this, and then move on to this, and you might, you know tick things off or move things on Kanban boards or whatever. But that whole process of documenting things is certainly easier, I would say, with with Waterfall, whereas the one that you're describing, we, we talked earlier before we hit record, and, and one of the words that came out with Agile was trust. It feels like you need to have more trust of each other and yeah. and that relationship would would have to build up over time. I feel it's quite hard to sort of trust an institution immediately, whereas yeah. it is e it's easier to let's not use the word trust, but something like that. You, you can understand the process of waterfall and documentation and contracts because you don't really need to have that trust because you're backing it up with documents that you can then rely on to prove that certain things should have been delivered. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's very, I think, I mean, one of the most difficult thing about Agile, that there are some different frameworks to deal with working with that model in teams, something I know nothing about, very complex stuff. Kanban yeah. is a method and Scrum is a method. I don't need to know that. All I need to know is that it's my type of relationship with a client. So uh, I can go that kind of route. And it is a low risk thing, but you know, perhaps maybe the most alter, the best business out there could be for the lawyer would be the the kind of one day build type thing where you if the if our lawyer doesn't know what she needs, doesn't have any branding, you start afresh with them. You could you know probably charge quite well for a kind of one or two day build that you're making on an existing platform. And that could be your model going forward forever. Yeah. 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 That's a good you know, point. yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm going to, yeah, if I'm going my agile approach, I'm going to have the, the most difficult thing because I'm going to have to start, but I do have the one advantage. I can say to them, look, we're going to start with an early sprint. So it's low risk. You're not going to pay me a lot of money. I'm just going to, uh, we're going to start with this first thing, minimal viable product, basic site. Do you know what? I feel that you're going to, you're going to be able to get clients through the door much more readily on that basis because you, you aren't really you're not really signing up for the whole thing, are you? You're just signing up for almost yeah. like a, it's almost like a trial. 
You know, yeah. you've you've come to you. We're going to do the first sprint. It'll take a couple of days. It it'll cost X number of dollars or pounds or whatever it is. Mm. And and honestly, at the end of it, if we don't like it, we're just going to sever our relationship and we'll move on. So that the money down almost yeah. feels like the just a deposit. It's just a trial period. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Maybe that's going to make it easier for you to hook people in at the very beginning because there's less risk there. Well, that's that the, one of the advantages of that model is that you, you have to... The idea of the sprinting is, now I'm not following this. Uh, in my experiences of trying to do this already, I'm not really following the spirit of it. But the idea is that with these sprints, the client's very much involved. So you, you're going to have that early time with them to establish that trust and they're going to know if they like you and whether they're going to carry on if not yeah. they've not lost much money yeah yeah uh, and it's easier so there are some advantages whereas the kind of waterfall traditional method would largely be done in sections so once they've agreed and they've contracted and that's a bigger risk to them usually the amount that they're agreeing to and the contracts that they've got to sign which has got to make them sober up a little bit about what they're agreeing to yeah Really, from that point on, you generally they're only in to sign off certain milestones. Yeah. So there's not that kind of relationship necessarily. It's not always the case, of course. There isn't one thing, but generally it's set up that way, isn't it? Mm. Oh, this is really interesting because it's really opening my eyes to what how this might have played out in my in my past if I'd known about agile and you know because mm. one of the biggest impediments to to getting new work is is just to get them over the line of the big number at the end of the contract. You know <laughs> that you've got to do that. They know that that's a big number. And and so having it broken, like literally there is only one small number at the beginning and we'll just take it from there if things work out. This is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and anyway, so we've got to decide if we want a business that we're growing that can run without us or whether we do it mostly out of love and we like being self-employed and the freedoms that come. We're not intending to grow. We wanted to keep it small, which is, we, I think everybody knows is actually you and I. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's <laughs> definitely ended up. Yep. Yeah. Um, can we, the, the other models that we should mention, I suppose, like the WAS or SAS model. How do you say it? Uh, WAS. WordPress WAS. as a service. Yeah, WAS. website as a service. I like to say sounds, WordPress as a service, but yeah, same thing. It sounds better. The WAS sounds like going to the toilet. It's like <laughs> UK turn, no? I'm going for a WAS. Or oh, is that a we? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get, you know, we're not going to set that up to meet our lawyer but it is a potential route for anybody you set up something where they build their own sites yeah i kind of feel with this one that you needed Mm. you 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 definitely wouldn't be exploring was on the first build would you because you you need to you need to know that that kind of stuff exists but if you're listening to this podcast and you're still looking for your first website client do know that that is a model you can you can build out a, a website and template it and have people sign up and offer it as a you know, as a platform, a bit like Squarespace and Wix, and there are plugins to help you do that. Yeah, and and you could do it. I mean, most of the page builders now have some templates that could be ready to go. Perhaps there's some loyal ones out there, and yep. you go, here you are, here's your site, just go and fill it in with your details. Yep. Yep. You totally, could. totally doable. I, totally viable. Probably um, you're going to need more churn on that because of, you know, not <laughs> yeah. churn, you know, more clients going through your books each month because yeah. I expect the, the fees will be less if it's clearly obviously templated and what have you. But people are making money out of it and making a living, so why not you? Yep. And also with our business model, are we niching at all? Are we going to go to Miss Mise and say, lawyers, <laughs> we won't get away with it, but, uh, you know, lawyers is exactly the, what our business is all about. Do you know Serving anybody lawyers. who's being successful at niching? Um, <laughs> I was mentioning, t- I don't know, actually, no. I mean, uh, I was talking about there is somebody who's come in on a site that I manage and they've come from a lawyer company and I was looking at their site. looks like they're probably doing quite good business. And there are some other ones I know of who uh, deal with tradespeople only. They do websites for that. So maybe they do. Yeah, but I guess we all niche, don't we? Uh, we we talked about this before. In some ways or an, uh, another, we do. We may niche by location. We may niche by what skills we have available to us. So yeah, in some ways, that's a really good point. Do. I think by niching there, I was literally meaning the kind of industry yeah. that you you prefer to yeah. to seek. So whether it's lawyers or plumbers or you know schools or whatever it might be, I I tried that just a handful of times and I found it very frustrating because it was I was 
messaging. Hope, mm. Well, I hoped I was messaging to the right audience, but it also meant that I wasn't messaging to anybody else. So I abandoned that quite quickly when it, it just didn't work out for me. And coincidentally, uh, it was lawyers, oddly. I tried a few mm. local lawyers and it just didn't pan out. And I was better off just being jack of all trades, master of none. So yeah. niching, not at all. But why not? If you can... You can make a niche and increasingly, you know, the pandemic that we've been through, it's more global now than it's ever been. You know, you're communicating with people over Zoom and your clients can be anywhere in the world. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I I think it's an important consideration with the niche to to think of your model, whether you're going to do that and whether you're going to communicate that. Um, There are obviously the downsides of it. You're stuck with the thing that you pick. And then if you pick a niche, that's the wrong one. Or, Or as happens, there are other companies that might deal with your niche better, like my old colleague's niche used to be for kind of hotels and guest house and stuff like that. And then things like hotels.com appeared and right. <laughs> she no longer had a niche. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, that's it um, on that. And yeah, so we, let's talk about the perhaps the last section we'll talk about here is just, I mean, we're going to have our meeting with Miss A, or at least even if it's just a telephone conversation and we don't have our website for our business yet. Do we need to define what it is that we're selling in terms of our services how are we distinguishing ourselves how are we selling it to her are um, you are you meaning sort of how, how we would position ourselves against any opposition who walk through the door yeah. either before or after yeah i think it's kind of important to do that my so we've got a great long list here shall i just read out the list because mm, the, yeah. the, you know it's it's worth doing it so for example uh, are you going to be selling yourself as the purveyor of a site that people uh, would die for you know in other words it looks beautiful is that your is that your pitch we're going to make something beautiful are you going to be talking about the quality of the code i've, I've heard that lots of times are you nowadays going to be talking more about performance maybe that's something that people that's at front of mind for a lot of people are you going to be promising that your website will the web that you build will enable them to get new leads, perhaps something that they can control themselves. I always used to big that up, actually. I, th- I think that's mm. personally, that's quite a good one. Um, are you talking about an all-in-one marketing package? Are you talking about the fact that you can do this quickly? So a day, two days, whatever it might be. Are you talking about the fact that you're going to be able to save them some money? You know, are you are you cheaper than the people around? Um, are you offering things like ongoing training? And then finally, and the the reason I've left this to last is because I think this is the one that meant the most to me was long-term trusted relationship. In other words, you're going to be dealing with me directly, not um, not some sort of organization where you have to go through a, a phone system, you know, press three for the such and such <laughs> department, press one. No, you phone up and you get me. And over time, you and I will will grow and you'll learn what I can do and I'll learn what you need and and I'll we'll just have a, a much better relationship. That one is the one that's stuck for me. Yeah. I, I think it's important to go through these things, hey Dick, because you know eventually you would probably need to set up some website for your new business model and you need that value proposition what you you might not need it for this meeting because you will be there and uh, largely that will be down to the relationship you have with them and whether that feels right but yeah I still think you need to know for me it's the same as well as the the long trusted relationship it's just me and I am who I am and and it works both ways I mean if I don't like them I'm not going to do the job and if they don't like me I hope they wouldn't hire me you know yeah i've just found that to be really effective not just from a sales point of view it just works for me as well and i've never had a client where i say to them directly face to face say it's just me you'll be dealing with me it's me at the end of the phone it's me doing the the actual designing i might farm out the actual design because i'm no good at that but you know still it'll be me that you're talking to not the designer probably and I've never had anybody saying, no, that's weird. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I want to, I want to, I don't want it to be just you because the scope of my projects has never been vast. Now, that would be complete madness if you were building gov.uk. There's no way yeah. that that's going to be appropriate. But for the projects that I'm looking to, to do or were, was looking to do, that was completely in fit, you know, it fitted perfectly. It was lovely 
sentence to be able to utter. It's just me. And yeah. But obviously, you know, if Miss A works for a giant law company and she is the person on point um, who's been charged with building the website, you're probably best keeping your mouth shut about the fact that it's just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, we don't know Miss A because we know that she's new and she's setting up a firm company, but we don't know if she's going to have, you know, a lot of employees that are coming in right. and this is a big job or whether it's just kind of her with her own private service. So yep. we... we but we probably still need to define our model. We might lose Miss A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you or I might. But yeah, for me, it's the same. It's the it's the me. It's the my big thing is putting them in control and allowing them to spend money as they need to. That's the thing that agile appeals to me as a term. You could still offer the same if you wasn't using that model, but it would be about the fact that they're in control. So it's a site that they can also change for themselves because we're using the page builder. It's the fact that we'll build what is needed as we go along and you'll only spend what you need to with low risk. And it's just me and it's our relationship. That would be my selling point. That's really curious. So there were 10 bullet points there. So I won't Mm -hmm. mention them again, but there were 10 things that I mentioned and two of them, I pulled out as the ones that I liked, which was the long-term relationship and the fact that they can control it themselves. And they are the exact same two that you've, <laughs> you've ended up with. That's yeah. fascinating. Um, yeah. Uh, we're probably similar uh, in that sense, but maybe that's just not you, you know, maybe you, you're all about performance and you're, you you want to go for that as your badge of honor. I would say it's probably best not to try and be all 10. That would <laughs> yeah. be probably mixed messaging, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. I think we can probably wrap this one up. Can I do a little plug for something which isn't out at the moment, but will be at the time, which will talk a little bit about the Agile approach, which is uh, a blog that I'm setting up, which will be part of the YouTube videos I do. And I'll be linking back to this series a lot because there's an overlap. But I'm talking about Agile and traditional models within that. It's going to be called KISS this dot design will be the website but i'll put a link to a relevant article if that's okay yeah yeah so that's k-i-s-s-d-e-s-i-g-n no k-i-s-s-t-h-i-s dot design yes it's for keep keep it simple stupid it's the acronym for that got it yes kiss um so next episode we're going to talk a little bit about how we're going to charge miss a and we're going to go about that process yeah, there's, with our own respective models. Yeah. I mean, so this was very much the opening volley, wasn't it? The very beginnings. Mm. What, what, how are we positioning ourselves? What are the, what's the kind of things that we're going to offer? How are we going to offer it? And, um, and I guess the next thing, like you say, is getting onto the money and how you might deal with that and wrangle that and, uh, you know, how are you going to position yourself and what you're going to charge and all of that. Yeah, that'll, that'll be next in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Look forward to it. Okay. Thanks, David. That was a great start to a new long series. Yeah, enjoyed that. Thank you. Okay. Well, there you go. What an awful lot we managed to pack into that. So this is our new series, the WordPress Business Bootcamp. That was the very first show. And hopefully you got an idea of what the ground rules are, what it is that we're trying to achieve. We're right back at the very beginning. It's almost as if I'm sort of rewinding the clock 20 years in my case, something like that. How do we set up a business? How do we even make web design something that we can use to create a living If you've got any thoughts on this, I would really, really appreciate you making a comment either over in the Facebook group, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, or find the post. You'll find the post at number 257 on the WP Builds website. Okay, that's all we've got for now. I hope that you make use of the Black Friday deals, wpbuilds.com forward slash black, if you're still minded to do that. But we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Well, I'll see you next week for an interview, but we'll be back for more of this stuff, this David Wormsley and I boot camp in a couple of weeks. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. (laughs) 